Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's my twin brother, who I'm reunited with for the first time in 19 years, it's Arturo Zarita! That's better than the Black Clansman one that you were gonna have. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, I saw both. Oh, you saw both. Have you seen any of them? How do you see it? I have not seen any of them. So, of course, we're talking about the hentai series, Black, not just kidding, uh, <laughs> Three Identical Strangers, which I had recommended uh, uh, a couple weeks back, and one of our, I, I would say is both of our recommendations for this week. I don't know Zach's thoughts on it. I think he knows that I highly recommended it, but we are joined today by flip a coin, dice roll, whatever you want, a, a little name generator, he switches it every, every hour, Brown Table, or Mauricio from Brown Table. Say hi to everyone. Hello, how's it going? They don't, they don't that's respond. All, that's, all, that's all the yeah, intro. They usually I don't, don't respond. <laughs> no, but uh, he's got yeah. a, he's got a good series on YouTube. He does uh, a couple of video essays, but he also does his own Return to Zootopia series. And I know he said he's going to be doing some other animation stuff. This guy does some killer animation. You guys know I have Thank let you. me explain, and that's literally just a two D keen in person. This man legit. Some I get res- I get comments right. They go, uh, "Your animation is beautiful." I was like, "No." <laughs> Our artists did some great drawings. No. We just yeah. bring them in a yeah. little bit. I appreciate the compliments on the editing, but this man actually does some really good animations. Check his stuff thank out. Thank you, thank you. So I had thank to reach out to him uh, to talk about something that has nothing to do with animation for the most part, but has a category in animation, which is going to be the Oscars later. But Zach's yes. got the rundown on all of this. Yes, in a little bit we'll talk about Batwoman, the Joker, as well as potential changes to the Academy Awards. Uh, we'll also leave a link down below so you can check out more of Mauricio's stuff. But first, we're going to start the show the way we start every week here on the Intercut Podcast with what we are watching. Art, what you been watching? Bro, I got a bad one and I got a great one. Right, I'm going to start with the bad one. It's a show called Insatiable. Have you guys heard about it on Netflix? I have yeah. heard about it, yeah. but I've not been, seen it. There's been a bit of Twitter controversy about this yeah. one. No. Um, yeah, it seems like most of the reviews are pretty bad. Bro, they came in blazing when that first trailer came out. And I was like, really? Is it really that bad? I watched it, boy. This thing's some dookie trash stuff out there. Now, it's, <laughs> it's not boring. I will give it that. It is not boring. But we're talking right off the bat, first episode, you know. At, oh, what was going on here? Right off the bat, the first thing that we get is... Um, Bailey, whatever. I know her as Bailey Pickett from, from Sweet Life on Deck, but, uh, you know, as you know, they call her Fatty Patty, and everyone's, okay. like, always making fun of her and stuff like that. Then she loses the weight, and it's actually based off of a true story about this lawyer who meets up with her. And this lawyer ends up telling her all of these different things, like, hey, you know, uh, you can be a beauty pageant, because the guy's also, this lawyer also does some beauty pageant stuff. And I thought it was interesting. Then they hit you with some lines like she falls in love with the lawyer, but the lawyer is also accused of being a child molester. And the friend's like, yeah. why would Whoa. you like him? And he goes, if he's a child molester, that just means I got a chance. And I'm like, all right, I see what you guys are doing. <laughs> I'm on episode seven so far because I'm going to make a video on it, obviously. But, bro, this show is wild. There are moments where it has inklings of like, because uh, what's your name is in it? I think her name's Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano, yeah. Okay. Right? And she's just like... And she's gone, gone, Twitter, gone on Twitter to kind of like defend the show. Right, yeah. Johnson and, and, show. and uh, a lot of people see her as like the face of feminism. Like some people were saying that you as the it's face Hollywood. of feminism. Yeah, in Hollywood. How would you do this? And then she's like, how about you guys watch the show? Well, I watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not boring. It's, it's trashy. But yeah, that's out there. 
Um, There's a pretty epic takedown on Vulture. I think Jen Cheney wrote it, mm -hmm. saying that uh, Insati Insatiable isn't as bad as it looks. It's worse. Oh, uh, it's I'm pretty damn. good if you want to just read some anger fueled through a keyboard. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't seen that show, and there's not a whole lot that's uh, drawing me towards it. Yeah, but I have a good one, but I know that's going to combine with Zach's. But Marius, you got anything? Okay, so pretty much this entire summer break that I've had from college, uh, I've been catching up on just anime in general. Just all animes. This is nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it's on my Twitter, I change my, my username. Every single time uh, I watch like a new anime, I just change it to like my favorite character. It's really stupid, but the thing is that uh, I just, ever since I was like from, because I'm 19 now, for 18 years I've always been anime is just dumb. Like I always said anime is like ridiculous. Yeah. Even though I watched like Mega Man when I was little, and uh, I always thought it's dumb, it's like stupid looking, and then I finally watched this uh, anime called Death Note, like about a year ago. Oh yeah, that they thing was so had that, good. Uh, live action Netflix remake. Oh yeah. no, don't don't remind me of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seems to be most Death yeah. Note fans' reaction to this movie. So what are the really ones bad, that you're? But, um, what are you currently watching? Mm -hmm. So right now, I've been watching uh, this show called Darling in the Franks. Uh, there's a lot of like sexuality in that show, which uh, has been off-putting to... Not surprising. It's, it's been kind of off-putting to some people. Uh, and, you know, the big, the big show everybody's been watching at the moment, which is My Hero Academia, which I 100% recommend. Everybody really recommends good. Everybody's Everyone recommends yeah. it. Yeah, it's the best. It's Shout fantastic. out to my boy Jason, who's told me multiple times to get on that show. Yeah, I'm at that. Still so good. What so do you good, watch yeah. it? Like, what do you watch it? What is it, like, streamer? Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. It's on Funimation. Uh, I know Crunchyroll has the subbed version, but Funimation has, like, the dubbed version. Okay. The dubbed version of the show is, like, two episodes behind. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, cool. But it's had, like, a lot of impact on me. Uh, I watched, like, anime for, like, I guess, like, a month, and now I'm making a whole series that is an anime, which is really crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm hiring uh, voice actors and actresses, so hey, if you go. are a voice actors and actresses, please contact if me, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah, That's dope, dude, and it's good. I saw, I saw a little bit of it, what he has going on. I, I still refuse to believe that he animated it himself, but according yeah, to him, no, he did, yeah. it's pretty good. I can show um, you, I can show you it, man. It's, it's some good stuff, but we'll have it linked it's, down below as well, but uh, yeah. What were you really... Watch. I'm curious what for you kind of like unlocked anime. I've talked about this with some friends of mine who are into anime and I feel like it's kind of a genre with a little bit of a learning curve. Like you, mm. you don't, you need to figure it out what you're getting into and then you become a big fan of it a little bit. Right. Okay. So here's the thing for me, right? Um, I think I've said this on Twitter also. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, browntable underscore ENT. Uh, shameless plug. Um, thing for me is that I love romance i freaking love it like romantic You're in the stuff right place. <laughs> in, in general it's uh it's the best i freaking love it uh so i watched uh your name which is Ooh. my favorite 2d animated movie ever it used to be lilo and stitch i'm sorry lilo and stitch Damn. and uh it was so good that it just like impacted me so hard like i watched the last third act of that movie i couldn't breathe so good after that, I was like, yes, I love this, this genre, this, it's not even a genre, it's just like a whole way of conveying film in a different way, so it's, it's great. As for what I've been watching, I checked out the new Spike Lee joint, as I know that Arturo did as well. Uh, for real, for I real. asked him for his recommendation yesterday, uh, and... Was I right? Was I right? Did you like it more than how I... 
Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I... You are right, it is one of my favorites of the year. I, I, I had some issues with the movie, but I want to know, do you want to hear more of, like, my personal reaction or my crit critical reaction first? Both, maybe. All right, well, I'll go critical first just to say that I thought the first third of this movie was some of the most exciting uh, Spike Lee material we've gotten in, in the past decade or so. You know, it has, it's, it's really, it feels alive. The racial dynamics of the movie are clear and, and being articulated from a point that we don't see a lot in film. I, I think they, they get across a story that we don't hear as much about. At one point in the movie, they call him the Jackie Robinson of the Colorado <laughs> Springs Police Department. And, you know, we get a lot of movies about ja Jackie Robinsons. We don't get a lot of movies about Jackie Robinsons of Colorado Springs. Yeah. Right? So right. I think that, just seeing that aspect of the story was really cool. Uh, as the movie became a little convoluted with plot in the middle third, I, I thought it grew a little bit weak. Like, it's it's forcing its story to kind of push forward and the momentum feels a little artificial, but there's these moments that are just so fun and exhilarating when when uh, Ron Stallworth is on the phone with David Duke and you're just in on his deceptiveness. Mm -hmm. It's fun to be in on the investigation with them and, and see how they're gonna dupe these people and yeah. infiltrate the KKK. Um, so I, while I'd had those moments, I did find it got a little bit bogged down in the middle, and then towards the end, I thought it just had this like secret gut punch. Uh, right? And, and that's where I, I, I think I wanna like uh, break it off to say something, this is like a personal reaction. You probably won't have this reaction too, maybe you will, but uh, they did a really interesting thing was they decided to put this movie out on the year anniversary of the Charlottesville uh, March, the Unite the Right March, yeah. uh, which of course ultimately <laughs> led to protests yeah, let, and. Uh, let me say two things about this. So, ahead, so the ahead. movie was finished filming, right? He like had finished Black Klansman because I know he wanted to get it out uh, for cons, which everybody at cons releases their movies while they're still editing them. That's what happened with You Were Never Really Here too. But they had supposed, according to him, and he went out there and he's been telling everyone what the ending of the movie is, which I don't want to say full outright, but. Uh, he's been telling everyone, he's like, yeah, I'm using footage because after they finished filming, Charlottesville happened. Right. So then he wanted to use the footage from Charlottesville at the end of the movie. Y'all know there's Unite the Right 2? Like, we were making Despacito 2 jokes, right? The whole, <laughs> if, if the Bible's so good, why isn't there a Bible 2? They actually <laughs> named their, their sequel March. Well, a sequel. Yeah, yeah. It d didn't get quite as much of the attendance, but uh, yeah. we're back there again this year. <laughs> That's so corny. In, or over the weekend to commemorate the anniversary of it, you know. And these were these were marches that ultimately led to the death of Heather Heyer, one yeah, of the anti-demonstrators. Yeah. Uh, you know, so these were marches that got like really these marches that got violent. Um, and I, you know, without trying to be too political about it, it's obviously. It's reflective of a really divisive time in the country, and there's a lot of uh, anger inward. Uh, we see a lot of this division being stirred up in our politics. A year ago today, the day we're recording, August 13th, I was actually in Charlottesville. I went down there after hearing all the news of the, the marches and the death and everything. I just kind of wanted to take a lay of the land and, and be there to kind of support if I could. And it's just... the, the mo I found the movie to work a lot more as a call to action and a reminder of values than I anticipated being. I, 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 
there's a moment in the movie where Adam Driver yes, says, thank you know, you. He, he, he's Jewish, but he wasn't raised Jewish. He never had a bar mitzvah. He doesn't know that stuff. It, that's my story. You know, I, I'm, I'm a guy born to Jewish parents, but I wasn't ever raised with the religion. So I have this identity on me that in today's age kind of forces you to uh, reckon with that identity in a way that you don't necessarily have to when uh, racial animosity isn't being stirred up. So I just found a lot of things to personally connect to with this movie that made me kind of get emotional towards the end. And I, I think I had an outsized reaction to it, but I, I really loved this film. I think it's Spike Lee's best movie since 25th Hour. So uh, <laughs> That's a long gap too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, yes, but it's one of his best years. movies in a while. But I, I highly recommend that one too. I second everything that he said as well. Cool. All right, so let us know what you've been watching in the comments down below. We're going to get into the latest happenings in the entertainment industry with the yay or nay news. Starting with the CW had a, a large scale of superhero shows in the DC universe currently, including The Flash and Supergirl. But that universe is set to get a little larger mm -hmm. with the addition of a Batwoman series. Coming from Caroline Dreyer's, a former Smallville and Vampire Diaries writer, and starring Orange is the New Black's Ruby Rose as Kate Kane, an out lesbian and highly trained street fighter patrolling the streets of Gotham as Batwoman. Art, yay or nay, you will tune in to the CW's Batwoman. Probably like the first episode. I don't keep up with the CW stuff. I'm going to be straight with you. But I do like, yeah, I think yeah. Ruby Rose is one of the better choices. Only two things with it. I just saw her in The Meg, which you can see in the station. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing with her is that she, uh, I haven't seen Orange is the New Black yet. But I feel like her accent comes in and out because she's got the Australian twang that comes in. And then sometimes, right. I, I don't know what accent she's going to have for Batwoman. I've also, I read a couple of Batwoman stuff back when they had done the New 52, and then now that they had the whole reverse of whatever else, but um, I always saw Batwoman as being, like, built. Now, Ruby yeah. Rose is, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose can, like, probably kick some butt. She, she seems pretty tough. She yeah. seems tough. Oh, no, she looked like Batwoman tough, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, right, Batwoman right, right. is really kinda. huge. But, Batwoman is huge. Exactly. But uh, mm. a lot of people complain about Wonder Woman, um, you know, what's her name? She exactly. hit the gym. You also had with Laura Croft, uh, your girl, she hit the gym too, so... Right, right. We're seeing the before, we haven't seen the after. Yeah, I mean, exactly. everyone look not at Ben Affleck's that, thing too. Not to mention <laughs> that comics are generally, like, amp up the muscle in unrealistic ways. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can't expect perfect resemblance, but... Uh, There's also yeah. a lot of uh, homophobic comments, which are saying, you which know, why, why, which is dumb because she the character, is. the character's <laughs> gay. It's, it's like what? It's I think some people are confusing Batwoman with Batgirl. I think. I feel oh. like there's a huge majority of people who aren't that into comics that are thinking, oh, this is Batgirl. Why is she gay? The character was never gay. Uh huh. Uh, but <laughs> Batwoman is, and it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and also. I, there's yep. also got to be a, a swath of people who are just like, I only care about Batman and anything that's not Batman is a perversion yeah. of Batman. And it, yeah. when, when, what's the point when we're getting all this new material, you know, yeah. I, I get uh, when there's not a whole lot of comic book material that you kind of want to make sure they do the right ones. But right. there's so many right now that it's, it's cool that we're getting these variations, I think. I think it's cool. Uh, I don't like love also her as an actress. But um, there's a lot of people saying, like, she doesn't, you know, again, like, she's not fit, she's not mm -hmm. built, she doesn't look like the character, she doesn't have red hair. 
But, uh, you know, but it's, it's ridiculous. Cause then also it's like the same thing, kind of like the, the Zendaya thing, like she doesn't have red hair, uh, to me, but that makes a little bit more sense, but still really Mm -hmm. ridiculous how nerds can get outraged over something so minuscule. Yeah. I think it's good to have an opinion, but not like, yeah, there's been a lot of abuse directed her way. She, there's some news that she left Twitter because of all the abuse directed her way. And obviously that's stuff that we don't condone. Uh, but you know, that's the thing with these casting news. I think fans sometimes feel like they're privy to information that they're not. They haven't seen the auditions. They haven't seen any behind the scenes work. Chances are that most people complaining about Ruby Rose are not nearly as familiar with Ruby Rose's career as the people who cast Ruby Rose in this show. So, you know, we're, we're operating from a place of not really having all the information uh, I would rather see her as Batman, and, or excuse me, Batwoman, <laughs> and then dismiss her than to dismiss her outright before the show is even happening. But then again, I don't even watch any of those. CW, CW show, exactly. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's like we're trying to figure out. He's like, oh, like like we're acting like it's gonna be an Oscar-worthy performance or right. something. I'm like, it's going to the CW. Yeah. Y'all know what it is. It's CW. Yeah. Vampire Diaries writer. Yeah. What are, exactly. Mm. <laughs> what are yeah. we getting no. ourselves into? But yeah. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? It's kind of like the same thing with the Last Jedi backlash. There's so many actors and actresses that are leaving Twitter because mm-hmm. fans and are Instagram just getting and so stuff, angry. Yeah. And Instagram. It's ridiculous, yeah. Todd Phillips' standalone Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix is rounding out its cast. Apparently, they've already recruited Francis Conroy and Zazie Beetz, but Let's now go. they're in talks with Robert De Niro as well as Glow's Mark Marin. Uh, Mauricio, does this cast have you intrigued on a standalone Joker movie? I mean, I was in <laughs> when Joaquin Phoenix was announced, and the, immediately yeah. I was like, "All right, this can't be that bad because he's just an amazing take actor." Bad projects, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Zay Z Beats also is a is a is really like a nice surprise. Um, I don't know about Robert De Niro. <laughs> I love Robert De Niro, but yeah. like, I mean, I don't know him. It's randomly funny that we're at that random. point, right? That Robert De Niro is like maybe the most questionable addition to yeah. the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it, I think it's set in like the 1980s, yeah. something, like 1980s. That's so strange to me. Because, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is kind of getting old, you know? And then it's like, if he's going to like, is there going to be a Batman thing? It's just standalone. It's, uh, I have no idea what they're doing. It's a Joker, uh, Benjamin Button, you see. <laughs> gets thrown in the acid you're and he just get, he gets younger and he goes to shop a hot topic and then he becomes the yeah. Joker we have today. He becomes Jared That's Leto, exactly. Goes. Gets the damaged tattoo. I mean, it's... I want to see Joaquin Phoenix with the damaged tattoo. Ah, where do you think he's going to fall in terms of like all the Jokers? My personal favorite Joker is Mark Hamill because I grew up watching okay. the Batman animated series. Yeah, of course. But like, I mean, and this connects back to the casting news we were just saying right now. I still remember when everyone was complaining about how much of a goof and terrible Heath Ledger's Joker is. Right. Well, look at that. We talk about it to this day. Everyone was so hyped for um, Leto's. Yeah. Are we now? Yeah. Exactly. There are so many Twitter tweets that are yes, like shitting <laughs> on Mark Hamill. No, not Mark Hamill. What am I what? saying? Sorry, Heath Ledger. There's so many tweets. Recently. Just shitting. Yes, recently that are just shitting from? on him. On why do I keep mixing up Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Heath Ledger, 2008 Joker, The Dark Knight is for me my favorite joker even though it's not the most faithful to the comic book mm-hmm. but it's i just the find the iconic him movie superhero villain so good especially yeah. how he plays off with batman that's the entire point people yeah. are saying his performance isn't good the movie doesn't hold up and that 
the only reason the movie's good is because of the Joker and his interactions with Batman. If you took out, like, everyone except the Joker, then, like, the movie would be bad. It's, it's something so ridiculous. I feel like they're not, they're misunderstanding the point that a film, every character has to kind of, you know, support the other. That's how communi- communi- communication works uh-huh. and how, like, film scripts are created. Like, it, it's really ridiculous. I don't In know. your world, Mauricio, over here, we just want explosions and action no, exactly. that's ridiculous to me. You know what? Twitter doesn't want to get rid of... Uh, what's that guy? They don't want to get rid of uh, Alex, whatever his name is. Info Alex Wednesday? Jones? Yeah. Alex they, Jones. Yeah, they're, they're like the one of the few social media people who are taking Didn't him. they take him out? I, I heard he take him out with a... Jack came out with a statement. He was like, no, we ain't getting rid of him. That's fine, Jack. Oh, okay. But y'all got to get rid of these other people blasting <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> y'all keep yeah, that. You got to get rid of the rest of them. Yeah, it's no, ridiculous. that's crazy. Uh, I, I'm intrigued for it. I'm curious to see... To me, comic book movies, there's so many iterations. If you read comics, every single one on the shelf, exactly. some connect, but it's there's a bunch of storylines already going on. I feel we finally hit that point in the movies. Marvel made sense exactly. because it was different studios, but now that they're combining and they've literally bought out the studios, they're the ones that are going to keep it cohesive. You know what, DC? you right. got to do something different. Do this, man. Just have like 50 different television shows that don't even connect. The movies are <laughs> We've all... done the combined yeah, big yeah. cinematic exactly. universe. Now we need like the multiverse. Sure, yeah. yeah. Make good stories. I, to me, the funniest bit about this is the Mark Maron news because Mark Maron has gone on the record at length about his distaste for superhero, superhero movies. movies and so how can we call that... the Joker a superhero movie? Well, it's got to at least be superhero adjacent, you know. Superhero-esque. It, certainly in, in the realm of superhero I'd stuff. say it has to be able to be in the running for most popular film at the Oscars. You know, you gotta... <laughs> It would probably be. Uh, oh. The Meg came in number one at the box office this past weekend, <laughs> uh-huh. becoming the first movie the based on original material to open at number Dang. one thus far in 2018. At over $40 million, The Meg made more in its opening weekend than movies like Rampage as well as Ready Player One. Art, yay or nay, 2018 has had rough waters when it comes to original material. That's a nice pun. I'm going to hit you with one better. This movie's so popular, I guess you can call it Oscar bait. Oh! (laughs) Yo, the Meg sucks, man. The Meg should have been rated R. (laughs) For whatever reason they did it, that movie's been sitting for two years. Jason Statham's like... I'm not going to do the Jason Statham thing. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, I finished filming this thing two years ago. It's just sitting there. And then he, he had a backtrack, and he was like, well, you know, effects and stuff. But, I mean, I haven't even filmed uh, the cops, the the the, Cal, the Calvin Hobbes, whatever thing, the Fast and Furious one mm. that he's doing with The Rock. And he's like, but that one they're filming? And then six months after they're done filming, it's going straight to theaters. So he's like, I don't know if it's just a different production schedule or something, but uh, I don't. The Meg had that China bag. They had that China money, dude. Which was interesting because it didn't even make that much money in China. It made more money here. Huh. Hmm. The one movie I can always count on making a lot of money in China and just anywhere but the U.S. is Transformers movies. Transformers, yeah. And and same actress. Same actress was in the last Transformers movie where they really started getting that China money as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess people just like shark movies. There's another, what, 48 meters under the sea? Or 48 meters below, whatever it is. People just like shark movies, so. I was hoping the Meg would be good. I wanted it to be, like, I heard it's, like, okay, but it's not as entertaining as it should be. Bro, it should be it, dumb I feel fun. like it could have been more ridiculous. Yeah, it needs to either be dumber. Yeah. Or bloodier. 
or like smarter. Smarter, <laughs> yeah, but it's not. A, it's just it's you can't even get that something. smart with the with a big shark. Can't there can was, only get a smart. Yo, there was one dude who loved it. Every single twist and turn, like things that weren't even twists and turns. This guy was like, Whoa! I was like. Chill, bro. I thought that was. A, I think it was the first movie, not shark movie. That man just came out of jail after serving twenty five to life for something. <laughs> Got left out on probation. This is the first movie he's ever seen. He's never experienced cinema before. He oh, loved man. it. So for that guy alone, I yeah, I guess. I like. I like it when at least if I hate a movie, someone's enjoying it. Like I was yeah. watching Suicide Squad, and I I was just like my eyes were bleeding, but my ears <laughs> were listening to like this little kid who was been, like I guess twelve, right. and he was just like, oh my god, Harley Quinn. Is so cool there goes Harley um, it's great it's great it's, it's, it's nice to see a bidding war emerged after a recent Daily Beast article was published detailing a scam around the monopoly McDonald's monopoly game pieces in which a former cop and security guard uh, was able to hoard the winning pieces over over a decade throughout the contest uh, ben Affleck and Fox ultimately picked up the rights to this movie for a million dollars, but not before a bidding war emerged in which Netflix tried to buy the rights for Robert Downey Jr. and Todd Phillips. Steve Carell tried to buy the rights for Warner Brothers. Universal was jumping in on behalf of Kevin Hart. Martin Scorsese made a bid for Leonardo DiCaprio. And Mark uh, Wahlberg and Steven Spielberg and Will Ferrell were all attached to potentially star in this movie. It's the hottest proper property in Hollywood. Only thing is... Uh, it might have been a planted story. The follow-up to the initial reporting is showing that the authors of the Daily Beast piece in 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 actually wrote this piece with the intentions of optioning it off for a movie. Uh, so our, let's start with this. Yay or nay, this sounds <laughs> like an exciting piece of material to turn into a movie. Could you I don't know. The yeah, what did you so, so Yeah, so what the you McDonald's said, can you say right it again? <laughs> yeah. So the story is about a cop who worked as a security guard who was handling the the produ the production of the McDonald's Monopoly game pieces, right? You buy story? small fries and you get the Maybe Monopoly thing. Yeah, uh yeah. it might be fake. Oh, it's, we don't even Oh, okay. So wait, so guy who worked at McDonald's security got, uh, like, he worked for a security Monopoly company pieces. that made the McDonald's game pieces okay. basically hoarded the winning pieces and would sell them off to mobsters and stuff like that. Oh shit. Mobsters. <laughs> I, I see them John Gotti being like, gosh, should we rob a bank? Nah, let's rob the McDonald's Monopoly pieces. A movie pass production. <laughs> right. No way. That's that's that's, om that's almost sounds like so unbelievable. Like, it could be true. It uh, could that's be. What, that, that's what everyone's, like, thinking about. But then the story is that the whole idea of the script being written was what? Uh, so, uh, apparently, they wrote it... They wrote the story in order to get the movie produced. Like, they wrote... They structured it in such a way that they were trying to sell it to studios. And the author uh, retained the rights to the story. So, they didn't actually buy it from Daily Beast. But I'm not so sure... Uh, I'm not so sure about whether or not it's all supposed to be true. I, the reporting is unclear to me. Yeah. At least maybe somebody can let us know in the comments down below. Regardless, even if it's a fictional story, it sounds like it could be a fun film. And obviously, people in Hollywood seem to agree. Yeah, everyone seems to be buying this thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Kevin Hart, Will Ferrell. Yeah. 
Those are some weird names, man. Right. It's like <laughs> really random. You know what would be the well, genius? Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. You know what would be a really genius thing is if they had a uh, – why is Mark Wahlberg in this? He's got Wahlberger's story about he shouldn't be promoting McDonald's. Uh, if, like, you can win tickets to the movie by buying a code of founder or something. <laughs> like, that would oh, be amazing. I'm going to the premiere. So good. <laughs> I mean, the marketing for this is genius. You know what I mean? Because, like, when yeah, the founder came out – McDonald's was like, we're not promoting this movie at all, obviously, right, right, right. so that got buried. But, like, for this, if they have McDonald's Blessing, like, bro, yeah. you have literally promotion at every corner. <laughs> so. That's why. Uh, let's get into the rough cuts. A qu- couple quick news stories before we wrap up yay or nay, starting with James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy 3 script is apparently still being used as Marvel executives reportedly try to convince Disney to rehire the filmmaker back as the project's director. Art, Yarenay, it feels like this whole saga will end with Gunn back on board the Guardians. I hope so, but I've said my piece. I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know Mauricio's on this. Um, I haven't heard Art's piece, but I will, I'll say mine. Um, I was always, when I heard the first uh, tweets, when I read them, I thought he made like a thousand tweets. Yeah. Like about jokes. They were actually just like a select few that were really messed up. Um... And I thought they were recent, but they were, like, from years ago, like, mm-hmm. near a decade ago. Yeah. And the thing is, which is really dumb, is because a lot of people have done really crappy things decades ago. You know, uh, I think the greatest argument that I've read is the Robert Downey Jr. argument. You know, he's been, like, arrested, almost killed people, and I think drunk driving. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's pretty horrible, but then he was able to kind of come back from that, you know? And right. uh, James Gunn has definitely evolved, especially if you see his filmmaking, has definitely evolved over the past decade. Um, and so, and also the whole Guardians franchise, all of it's basically him. Like, it's his vision, it's his writing, all of it's him. Yes. He picks the music, too. Yep. And so, when I heard he got fired, you know, I was like, damn. I didn't, I didn't think they would go as far as to fire him. I, I realized that firing him makes, kind of makes sense. It, it to evade, you avoid the controversy. To evade the controversy. Mm-hmm. Business-wise, it is a good decision for Disney. But of course, then it's like, wait, so what about Marvel? You know, he was one of the one of the heads that was spearheading, like, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, I think, I just think it's ridiculous that he got fired. I think the biggest, dumbest thing is that if they're going to keep his script, then I guess he's going to have his name still show up in the credits, right? So why not just right. rehire him? It's like he's yeah. tech. It's technically like he's still on board. So either fire him or just rehire him. It's really, it's really ridiculous. I the one think. foot out, one foot in thing is a little bit odd. You know, yeah, you're either really making weird. a clean break or you're not. Uh, you know, this makes me think of the MSNBC host who was similarly targeted uh, for some of his tweets, I believe, and MSNBC fired him before rehiring him, realizing that uh, the controversy was basically a bad faith campaign by people who had other motives. So, like, there's precedent for a big entertainment company to backtrack on something like this, right? Uh, It seems like Guardians would potentially... Guardians is so linked with James Gunn, it'd be hard to continue the same way. Uh, So, I don't know. if I think he's had his moment of being admonished on the internet and it's this thing we have where we're not sure how to police past bad behavior or whether or not it should be policed even so i I think it does end with him coming back to the movies but we'll see you know disney wants to be very family friendly so that might be another obstacle for them yeah 
I think one of the one of the it's like that cancel culture that we have now. Yes. Like every time someone does something like slightly bad, canceled. That person's canceled. It's it's kind of it's a little it's a little messed up. As if like you know, humans can't make mistakes. You know. Which is really ironic when well. we go see Guardians three, and that's the yeah. whole story of the Guardians. Yeah, genius. Paul Rudd will star opposite himself in his upcoming Netflix series, Living With Yourself. What the? <laughs> Mauricio, yay or nay, you in- enjoy dumb. seeing actors double dip on a project and take two roles. <laughs> the, la- the, big, the, the thing that popped into my mind was Jack and Jill. When you said that. Bro, <laughs> remember? Wow. Sandler just like doubling that. No. Um, I think Paul Rudd's a great actor. I, actually, I think mm-hmm. he's really good. I think he's really underrated. Um, I think a lot of people just dismiss him because of his comedic roles, you know, uh, similar to Jason Bateman. Uh, if you've seen the movie yeah. Disconnect, uh, that's one of like my favorite movies just because of just Jason Bateman's acting, especially at the last scene. It's just fantastic. It's great. Um, that's a movie I'd recommend. But um, Paul Rudd, like acting, I, I feel like every time there's a movie with an actor acting against himself, there's always all these camera tricks that you always notice to make them mm-hmm. seem like, you know, there's one talking here one talking here and it's like there's obviously something being cut through the middle so they can talk i think editing is always weird um but i don't think you know paul rudd will do a bad job i haven't really heard what the story is so i I can't really criticize it too much um but when it does come out i'll see if i can check it out yeah i mean you know you have your wait should my camera just uh, yeah, I mean, you have your Nicolas Cage's and adaptation, and that goes great. And then you have, like you said, your Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill, and that's that's not so good. Um, I do think Rudd is a good enough actor that he could potentially be watchable in two roles in one project. Hmm. Uh, just, yeah, it, I don't know if they need... Hopefully it's not going to be something that they're just doing it for the sake of a stunt or, or something like that. I think yeah. sometimes what you're hinting at is when these films feel more gimmicky than, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give me an enemy. Usually it's like twin brother type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of us watch The Deuce on HBO, right? James Franco is doing two roles on that show. Really? Yeah. Um, I haven't checked that out yet, but I've been curious to. Okay. Let us know in the comments down below if you've seen The Deuce. Tom Hardy says that some of the inspiration for the accent he'll be using as Al Capone in the upcoming Fonzo is Whoa, based what? on in <laughs> he's gonna part. Be Al he's going to be Al Capone, but his accent will be based based on in part Bugs Bunny. Mauricio, yeah, let's me. get it. Thinking no. here is a bit Looney Tunes. That's a bit Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. Why? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't say anything as to why I, he's going to pick Bugs Bunny. I didn't. I don't have anything on that, but uh, I think he elaborated. I'll quickly look it up. That's I, so wicked. I think he's just I making his Tom decisions. Hardy everything. He's making his decisions like a turd in the wind. <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> that is wild. And speaking of doubles, let's go back to his movie. Uh, I forget what was Legend. Legend. When, yeah, when he played a- alongside himself, and they were mobsters as well. I, I think Legend was just. Eh. Uh, you never heard of Legend? No, Tom I mean, I've, I've, I think I've, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, the most can't notable thing about Legend is what they did with the poster. Thank you. So Legend was this movie starring Tom Hardy and uh, Tom okay. Hardy, and they played two brothers. One of them was crazy. The other one was more down to earth. They were they were mobsters. It takes place like in the fifties okay. or sixties. I can't remember, but uh, I think it was The Guardian, if I'm not mistaken, came out and completely pooped on the movie. Gave it two stars. They do the poster, and since it's two Tom Hardys, they put four stars from everywhere, and they just put the Guardians two stars in between them, so it kind of no! looks like they're covering. <laughs> no! 
Yeah. That was cool. That's the best part of the movie, though. <laughs> yeah. It's it's more memorable than anything they did in the movie. No, that's hilarious. That's, yeah. that's incredible. That's, that's dope. That's uh, so this is the quote from the Esquire piece. Quote, The voice he developed for Al Capone in Fonzo is based on Bugs Bunnies. To prove it, he plays me a clip of raw footage from his phone. Sure enough, he sounds like the cartoon rabbit with a severe case of vocal fry. Bro, <laughs> I want to see him kill someone just be like... What's up, Doc? Like, that'd be, that'd be the ending to the yeah. that, that intro to the movie. He just shoots it and then, like, Alco Alfonso. <laughs> and then all the Did title you, credits. They, 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 that's all, folks. Just like that, yeah. Did and you know that Don Cheeto is voicing Donald Duck in the, the new DuckTales cartoon? Yeah. I, did you... Really? Have yeah. you not seen that? The, 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 no. It's wicked. The it's teaser really for that is really hilarious weird. because it says Don Cheadle, yeah. famous actor, Dano Survivor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. funny. Yeah. Disney's strong. Uh, and we'll wrap up yay, uh, yay or Nay with a Twitter question from Fernando asking who our biggest Latino filmmaking inspirations are. They could be actors, directors, whomever. Uh, Art, do you have any that come to mind? Uh, you, already, you already know the family. The, all, all your tios? All of my tios, bro. We got Alfonso Coron coming out with Roma. I'm going to try to catch that bad boy in TIFF. Uh, Iñárritu. I don't, I don't know if he's got anything this year, but he was, and, mess uh, he was messing with VR last year. Yeah, Got an Oscar, yeah. we didn't even know about it. And uh, obviously, Theo Guillermo, he's doing pretty well out there. I feel like I'm missing one. Uh, cousin Lubeski, obviously, I'm waiting to see wow, what Lubeski, more than me. Lubeski <laughs> does next. Uh, Lubeski I just love the, was the one that I was going to mention. Who? Just because, uh, you know, it's so my mind immediately went to, like yours, like the three amigos, right? Yeah. You got uh, Del Toro, Cuaron, Iñárritu. They yep. all kind of came in on the scene around a similar time and, and became friendly and... Uh, promote promote each other's work. I think yep. sometimes they co-produce each other's movies. Yes, sir. Uh, but I think all of them, except for Del Toro, have, so I guess two of them, have worked with Lubezki on stuff. But Lubezki's also worked with some of my other, other favorite filmmakers on a bunch of stuff. I love his vision. I love how he's able to uh, get these long takes into these really tense, uh, action-y moments, whether it's the fight scene in The Revenant or the car uh, the car getaway in Children of Men. Mm. Uh, so Lubezki is someone for me who I'm constantly in awe of his work as a cinematographer. Uh, and we're both Benicio Del Toro fans if, we got, if we're going to throw this to actors. Uh, Mauricio, anybody come to mind for you? The exact same as, uh, as Art. Except, except for like, I didn't know like one name. Lubezki? I think... Iñárritu. No, Iñárritu, I know, Cuarón. Um, Del Toro did Shape of Water. Del Toro, yeah. Uh, I think it must have been Lubezki then. The cinematographer, yeah, he's, he's cinematographer. done The Revenant. Yeah. Uh, he's the reason why I watched some Terrence Malick movies like Tree of Life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, no, yeah, but he's like, no, he did Birdman. Birdman, then the... He did the, Birdman? He did Birdman, Shit. yeah. Wow. Um, so. I didn't get more into these cinematographers. Eh? No, he, he's yeah. like, he's one of the go-tos for sure. But yeah. And of course, Michael so, Peña. <laughs> yeah, Michael Payne. It's just yeah. just as part of Ant Man. Yeah, didn't he make a? There's this Netflix movie, Extinction. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. No, but he's the star of that, right? Or one yeah. of them? Yeah, he's yeah. the star of that. Have you seen it? It's like it's no. sure. It's it shot out Extinction it and the filmmakers <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. All right, so that wraps up Yay or Nay, where we talk about the latest news. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below on all the topics that we covered. We're going to get to the topic of the week and this week's topic. The Oscars, they surprised many people when they tweeted out fall last week 
quote, change is coming to the hashtag Oscars. Here's what you need to know. A new category is being designed around achievement in popular film. We've set an earlier air date for 2020. Mark your calendars for February 9th. And they're planning a more globally accessible three-hour telecast. Uh, with this news comes some reports that indicate that part of shortening the broadcast could involve giving out certain awards during commercial breaks. Eh. So, uh, Art, let me start with you. Do you think a popular film category would prove to be a popular decision? I'm going to break it down on my three points. One, no. Because what you're saying is for anyone that gets nominated for the... It, it, this is... And I'm sure everyone's already got recapped up on this on Twitter. Because Twitter lets you know everything within the first hour. Um, yeah. By putting a popular category, what you're saying is that some of the films that get nominated for the popular category... It's a, it's a pat on the back enough. type of award. I, I, I want to say yeah. that that's how Mauricio talked about it on Brown Tape in his video that he had for it. And that's how everyone felt of it. It's like, a participation award. It's yeah. a participation award right. in a sense where it's just like, we don't really acknowledge you, but we're calling you the popular award. Which brings me to the second yeah. point. Y'all couldn't pick a better name. And then there was a great article because the first thing I thought of was looking back at the first, like, what, five years or ten years of the Oscars where they did have two. They had actual two best picture winners. Right. I, do you know what they were off the top? Um, I think one was ach outstanding achievement, and the other is outstanding. Like one was outstanding achievement yeah. in filmmaking, one was outstanding film. Yeah, like production in a sense. Like, right. And who right. went out? And they and I remember it was like the the ones on wing Wings was one of them, and then the other one. One of them was like what they actually considered the best film, but then the other one was like yeah. what was the best like production type of thing. It was better than popular film in a sense because. I feel like what they're going for isn't so much box office. I don't want to say box office, but I want to say influence and production. So you go right. back to, let's say, The Dark Knight or these bigger films, and they don't want to say it's the best picture, but they did something worthy of saying, yo, this is still a milestone, and that's why they want to award it, right? Black Panther, be it that that's the one that people want to um, create this people category for. I think that will be the front runner for this year's popular. I think so too. Exactly. And uh, obviously with that being the uh, the culture wave because of it. So they want to award it for yeah. that. But then comes my third and final point of a little conspiracy that was a brewing about how Disney was pushing. You heard, you read about this? Disney yeah. was pushing the Oscars to create new categories. Yeah. Disney yeah, has yeah. Black Panther. They're already Disney driving. ABC. Who hosted, I mean, the, who hosted the Oscars last year? Uh, ABC, ABC host. It's always ABC. Yeah. Uh, not to mention a yeah. also, uh, we're talking about popular films. What are the two most popular franchises? Uh, Marvel and Star Wars. Exactly. exactly. And in the award show last year, they, they literally Black Panther was out for a week and a half. I want to say, and they were and pushing. They, the were, they were talking about it like about crazy. all the Oscars. It's like they already knew. They were just letting you know. It's yep. like when Hollywood makes makes movies about AIs because they know in 10 years we're going to be run over by AIs. <laughs> so it's like that oh has me God. thinking yeah. about that fact. You know, I'm always the one when I see a, um, when I see a foreign language film nominated for the foreign language cat uh, 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 category and Oscar. I'm just sitting there like, why? <laughs> why are we right. playing this game? One of these was good enough to be, I guess, considered an American Best Picture nominee. Didn't it already win? Animation and, and gets nominated. So, a lot of people have been making that same point with Pixar, where every year Pixar puts out what is either the best or probably second best animated movie. Every year mm -hmm. they make it into the best animated category, and it kind of hurts some of their better movies' chances at making it into best picture. I think Up has cracked the best picture field. I think Toy Story 3 might 
yep. cracked into Best Picture. Yes, it did. But no one ever thinks that they have a legitimate shot at winning Best Picture. Right. But I think yeah. it's just one of those weird things when you double up the category, right? Like, an, an actor is not going to win a double acting award unless yeah. <laughs> they've been nominating again. But it's weird for a movie to be able to fill two categories because automatically... Yes. You get what I mean? Because then what's going to be popular? Does that mean that now Avatar or other movies that were really big, Lord of the Rings, that were nominated for Best Picture, that category still staying? Yeah. Do and they if, stay on there? If not, and do if they I get... can throw out a counter argument, even though I don't necessarily believe in it, you could say like, oh, this is like the Grammys or something, where you have Best Hip Hop Album, Best Rock Album, and then the they all compete in the end for Album of the Year. I just don't know if popular film is necessarily a designation that should be as exactly. different like a genre. documentary it's not a or genre, animation. Thank you, um, Mauricio. What, what are your thoughts on? I always thought I thought it was dumb. I complained about it for a good four minutes in the video. It was. It, I I find it really ridiculous, especially. I mean, I don't want to sound bad again because I don't think Black Panther is like a film that should be awarded for its filmmaking. Mm-hmm. But uh-huh. I do think it should be a film that should be awarded for its cultural impact. And it is going to. But it's going, it's, I guess it's, it's going been. to be. Technically. Technically it's been. I think, I just, I just find it frustrating that Disney is like, I just kind of find it weird, you know, the Disney, I feel like they kind of have like the secret agenda, especially with ABC. Because, you know, um, How to Train Your Dragon 2 came out uh, the same year as Big Hero 6. And everyone was saying How to Train Your Dragon 2 is going to win. How that, to Train Your Dragon 2 won yeah. the Golden Globes. And yeah. then Big Hero Six won the the Oscars. Lame. It's Disney. This is it's a Disney film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think back to I mean, uh, so I can't speak for Black Panther per se from that perspective, but I can definitely speak for Coco's perspective of I don't care if I'm Latino. Remember, I love Remember Me too, but that was not the best song of last year. Mm-hmm. But it won it anyway. I, I can't think of the animated ones off the top of my head, but uh, I'd say the same thing. Which I agree. Many times Pixar just comes in. I liked Breadwinner a lot last year, but Coco is really one of the strong ones. Coco was good. But, like, I'll put it to you this way. I wouldn't say Coco deserved a Best Picture nomination. Before this category was even created, people were like, Black Panther, Best Picture Picture Award. I was like, like, I mean, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I mean, every year there is, like, one big blockbuster that kind of breaks through and does well enough critically that it gets this fan base that kind of beats the drum for its uh, getting a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, Whether that's even if the they realize fi- that's not the category. all the Christopher Nolan fans saying that we need to get Interstellar in there, and I think Inception did get in there, uh, or saying that the all the bat- new Batman movies got to get in there. Wonder Woman. Or if it's people saying, oh, it has to be Avatar yeah. or whatever. You know, there is usually room for a blockbuster. And part of what is weird to me about this latest announcement is, is, you know, the Academy already made a change to its Best Picture category in our life, in our recent lifetimes when they changed Spend from it. five nominees to possibly ten nominees. And right. now we have this fluctuating number. And you've seen it actually change the way the Oscars are. We've nominated a, f- a smaller slate of films, but we have nominated some more popular films. You yeah. look at last year, Get Out got in there, Lady Bird got in there, uh, Arrival got in there. Some great see, films. So you good. see bigger films like Mad Max Fury Road, which is as traditional of a blockbuster as you get. That got in there. I am a big fan of Mad, Mad Max Fury Road. I think it deserved it. And, you know, it, it actually managed to break through because it's a really great movie. So, you know, you gotta, you got to think about what are the reasons behind this. And a lot of people are talking about the declining TV ratings, which 
is something that all the networks That's are facing their fault. across the board. You know, it, TV numbers are shrinking and no matter what program you are. The Oscars are consistently the second highest rated telecast of the year behind the Super Bowl and whatever NFL playoff stuff happens. So, you know, this is the most watched award show already. I don't know if they need to act like they're struggling for viewers. It's kind of like the Netflix thing. People were freaking out because Netflix only made a bajillion dollars, but their projected was a a bajillion and one. (laughs) So they're not meeting the projected numbers. They're doing great, but as business, when they don't meet the projected number, it doesn't matter if you're like over a hundred, they still like tend to freak out. I don't. It's a lot of. Yep. Go ahead. I think it's a lot of the Oscars' fault for kind of lowering its viewership. I mean, I feel like it's kind of. It drags a lot. I feel like they add too much fluff. They want to make it like an entertaining show when in, in reality, it's not really meant to be that. It's meant to award award people's hard work. Because of, you know, how much work they've put through their medium. Um, but, like, I think Jimmy Kimmel is terrible. I think he's awful. I don't think he's that funny. Um, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of people kind of bash it recently because of how political it's getting. A little bit. I feel bit. like it's an outlet for, for people to always spew politics. And I think that's fine. Um, but I mean, it can get a little excessive, especially when it's jokingly and not like something that's more when a person gets awarded something sincere. and they, they get to speak their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's more sincere. Um, yeah. Cause the, the Oscars know. do have a history of, uh, winners in particular making political statements. There was the whole Marlon Brando not showing up to the Oscars and, uh, sending what turned out not to be a native American woman, but oh, for real? thought it was a native American woman in her place. Yeah, man, this is a story you gotta look up. No, I, I don't, <laughs> I didn't know that last part. I knew about that yeah. when when he when he sent the Native American woman to, to go yeah, up there. Yeah, I think she's just an actress. Yeah, and she straight up just called out people, and then you can hear uh, what's his name, John. Uh, uh, what's his uh, what's his name? The big cowboy guy. I'm, I'm forgetting oh, his uh, name. Oh, Wayne. Yeah, he just yells out, "Shut up!" <laughs> I was like, "Bro, <laughs> I had no idea she was not Native American." Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's part of the story. Maybe somebody can correct me in the comments that's down like below. That's like paying but, ten grand for a diamond ring and then it's cubic zirconium. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, again, you know, there is that history of the Oscars having political moments. Michael Moore yeah. uh, nearly got booed off the stage when he accepted a, an Oscar for, I want to say, Bowling for Columbine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava but, DuVernay didn't show up to the Oscars one year. Yeah, that uh, was think, that she was, went to go uh, to when the everybody Flint, was going Michigan. to Flint. Flint, Michigan right, rally, so there, yeah. there is a history of politics being intertwined with the Oscars. Uh, Kimmel, though, did, like, kind of hit it hard, considering he's heavily involved with politics in his, on his comedy show. Comedy Uh, show. Yeah, but I don't know if the, the politics are what's gonna necessarily keep a lot of people away from, uh, away from the Oscars, just because I think there's always been a section of people who find themselves annoyed at, like, Hollywood elites and liberals and leftists or whatever uh, words you want to use. And Bro, (laughs) You just mentioned... To, to me, though... Go ahead. To me, though, like like Mauricio was saying, this is a... The Oscars are designed to award people for excellence in art, right? Craft! And yeah. a, a lot of time, You look at what the other popular award shows are, and they're all award shows that are awarding actors or directors. It's the big awards. Oscars are one of the few times where we as a nation decide to sit down and listen to a costume designer talk for 60 seconds, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Like, and they often, might be pushing them to the sidelines. That's lame. Yeah, you know, and, and it, that's what, to me, as a Oscar watcher for many years, you know, you 
don't normally get the most exciting parts from the big actors. It's when the sound mixing guy comes up on stage and it can't believe he's on on stage in front of millions Bro, of people. Bro, for sure. It, it, that's, those are the big moments. And I, I'm a little bit upset by the idea of being denied the chance to see best short yeah. film winners freak out about actually getting an Oscar. You know, I, I think that's part of what makes the Oscars unique and, and magical in a way. To their credit, uh, they did say they were going to do like a Super Bowl. They had that guy editing all of the awards, the the their actual speeches, and then making right. a montage that they played towards the end. Yeah. But Which, you're telling them you're not worthy to be live. Right. It is kind of this thing of like your Oscar isn't as important as the other Oscars. Lame. Granted, that's what they do with the technical awards. They put them on another that day. That is true. That's so a great point. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean... I'm personally someone who just, I like the tradition of the Oscars. I think that there are other ways to fix that show that, than by, by cutting down the show and adding these weird categories no one needs. You can add other categories. We, we've talked on the show about how cool it would be to have a best stunt category or best casting category. Uh, I'd love to see them divvy up the awards in a bit of a different way where you're not just getting... Uh, supporting actor, supporting actress in the beginning, and then you got to wait three hours to see all the big awards at the end. Throw best actor and best actress in the middle. Don't make us wait until after midnight to find out who's best picture. Mm -hmm. You yeah. fix those things, more people will tune in. It's not about what movies are nominated for best picture. It's the show itself is turning it's people true. away. It's 100% true. I do think it has to have... I, it can be entertaining while also awarding these people who have done their craft right and i think one of the biggest problem is if you're talking about the political thing it's a twofer oscar's so white and then uh, I, there's a new one this year oscar so this oscar so long it, it's almost like the backlash has helped them for people to be like oh i'm not watching they're watching it right. they're watching it. People in it are a reason bro they're tuning in but at the same time as mauricio was saying when they come into it you guys had mentioned how ever duvernay right and you said the yeah. hollywood elitist it's so weird to hear advice from an award show that literally one of their segments is to go hang out with normies <laughs> us who are watching a screening of a movie wasn't it last year's a wrinkle in time which just comes back to this yeah. better Do, uh, it, there's a weird part of it where they're up there and they're giving speeches about how to help people but they're not Ava DuVernay was she went to Flint Michigan you know what I mean and I think that's where right, the Hollywood right. elitist thing comes in where it's like no you're up there and you're playing pretend right I go back to I don't want to say it's the Oscars I think this was the Emmys uh, what's his name about his South African thing for the hotel, the night hotel, the night manager, about how people were dying over there, but they saw me as an actor. You remember that? <laughs> that was yeah, a big yeah. L for my boy. I think it was a Hiddleston? Yes, I think that was Tom Hiddleston. And I think it was like, even his wife was like, bro, you got to cut it right. He was saying, he was mm -hmm. giving a Matthew McConaughey type like, <laughs> I may not be bringing them water, but I brought them myself. Yeah. And, and I was there really and, and I was like, that's the thing like i i think we some they sometimes fail to get the balance between sanctimonious and broadcasting a message you know it's a good platform to inform people who don't necessarily know about something about issues it's not a good platform to talk about yourself and and the work you're 100%. doing in that way and, uh you got we'd rather see it you yes know? and i feel the people um, who bring those very authentic ones are the ones that they're cutting out you know it's the people who are actually there because they want to win the oscar for their short documentary thing that they truly believe in right 
Yeah. Like that would be, you know, if we if we want to talk about the Oscars and be, being political, give us longer segments on the documentaries and short documentaries because those are all usually talking about pr uh, very prominent issues, very uh, pressing issues, yep. and it's some of the best ways to find out about this stuff is through uh, the format of documentary. Yeah, that's what the they're Oscar there for. Ends up burying a lot of yeah. that stuff. You're giving us sketches about some boat. Get that sketch of the boat out of here. Stop going to go yeah. visit and interrupting people. Hey, it's a movie to honor movies. Let's go interrupt the movie screening. Stop all that stuff right there. Right. Cut it down a little bit more. And here's another one. This is just a personal one. Maybe it's a little bit of a hot take. It's not too hot, though. I, I feel like the movie montages are a YouTube video essay thing. I want David Ehrlich's montage at the end of the year. I'm going to be yeah. completely honest. They got some great production, but I'm watching this, and I'm just going... I can see this on a YouTube video. Am I wrong in thinking yeah. that? Those no, like right. five, ten minute montages of like... Yeah. I mean, I've always felt like they should just do lots of tiny montages, like in and out of commercial breaks sure. or something, not like a five minute montage in the middle or something. Bro, they did a lot last year. I was like, what's going on? For every single yeah. thing, they had a montage of like films from the 1920s or whatever I was leading up. I was like, this is a cool montage, but yeah. I'm here for the I think 20... I really liked them when I was like a teenager and I was like, ooh, what's, what movie's that? I need to look it up. And then YouTube yeah. came around and now you can see those right. montages online. I don't know. Uh, I want to get back to this idea of the popular film category. We've talked about <laughs> how it kind of feels like a lesser designation, like we're putting uh, popular films, quote unquote, on a lower degree than the rest of the movies. Uh, I want to bring it back to this idea that we were talking about where I think there's actually something to this idea in that there is there is an art to these gigantic blockbuster films that's different than the art of independent films. And I don't know if I want to you know qualify one is better one than the other. They're different, but it takes a different set of skills to do <laughs> a movie like Black Panther as it does a movie like Moonlight. Right? Yes, yes, yes it does. You can and, see it even from that alone. Different yeah, set and, and of skills from Black Panther to Fruitville Station. Right, right. Uh, you can keep it with Ryan Coogler. And, you know, I was th I'm was i thinking about, like, uh, the Moonlight La La Land Oscars, where, to me, Moonlight was the more emotional, more heartfelt, uh, you know, meaningful, artistic piece of film. But La La Land had production value that I was just swept away by. Right. And there, there are things that are they're working on different mediums, in a way. I think there could be a way to have a category that's awarding you for your production, like we talked about with the early Oscars. That's awarding you for, wow, you did this much, without making it feel like this is the best, this is the most popular movie, you know? Yeah. The, the word popular is one of the things I think a lot of people are pushing it, because we don't yeah. like popular it's things. It's so fetch. You know? you yeah. don't, even if you are popular, you don't want to be called popular. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've always wanted the Oscars to push blockbuster movies a lot more. Um, I feel like one of the things that are really left out is just they don't consider them as like art. real things that people worked on. They don't consider them as art. They think of them as just money-grabbing things that people can consume just to get more money. And it's, I feel like people actually, you know, passionately work on these movies, of mm -hmm. course, because you can't mm -hmm. just like work on something for that long and just be like, eh. I don't really care. I'm only doing this for the money because, of course, the movie can also fail, you know? We're 100%. And uh, I just, I, it, again, like you said, the popular, in the popular film category, I don't think that's the way to phrase it. It ain't yeah. it. Because then, right? Because then also, 
what if like an indie movie is popular? Like, what if an indie movie? Right. You just mentioned Lala, yeah. Week? Some people saw Lala was in the indie. Yeah. I tweeted out uh, from the Intercut account. Mark Harris posed a question: What of if, let's take Solo and Won't You Be My Neighbor? Or is that what it's called? The mm-hmm. the Mister Rogers. Well, documentary? it's actually pronounced uh, the best documentary of 2018. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. So you have Solo, which is this extremely expensive movie, but was by all by all considerations the least successful of all these. Uh, Star Wars films well below projections and then you have this tiny film in won't you be my neighbor which made Way more money than it was made for and is one of the most popular documentaries of the decade What's more popular right like are we doing this relatively are we just talking pure numbers is is avatar? Just gonna win this year uh, this award like based off of how many people bought tickets even if it's not people liking it God's not dead three because it's made for so cheap and it makes so much more money, you know Like, like yeah, I'm just I'm just mad that in the most popular film category, the dumbest category, Blade Runner 24, 2049 still can't win. Right? right. That's wild. I don't get it. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's just it just so wasn't dumb. meant to be. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you this right here: Mission Impossible Fallout. Better okay, so sweep it off. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's, yeah. Exactly. Let's, that let's, should win most popular film, to be honest. And best but, picture. Why not? You know what? I'm just gonna. <laughs> That's why they uh, need. That's why they need the best stunt category or stuntman category. Tom Cruise would yeah. just sweep all of it, to be honest. Right. But just Let, so many actually, uh, stunt people have died. Let's take a second though. Uh, that's true. Ignoring whether or not they should add a best popular film category. Any front runners this year? We talked about Black Panther. Mission Infinity Possible. Wars got to be in there. Yeah. I'd say Fallout's got to be in there too. Has to be. But um, then I mean, you're creating that, more trouble. I mean, you know, assuming that popular True, right? Is, yeah, because it's like, <laughs> these are these movies, no offense, but they're just objectively better made than Black Panther. And but, Black Panther, if it wins, it's weird, don't you but think? But then you're going to get the Marvel fans who go like, really? Infinity War was better and it included Black Panther. And then you're going to get the other fans who are like, Mission Impossible had better stunt work. Because you're exactly. already having trouble with the best picture, but you had two things going. Sometimes it's usually the one that's been winning everything leading up to it. And second, right. less people complain because they haven't seen it. What <laughs> are you doing when you do more a bigger popular They're film? They're themselves right. into You wanted to bring in more people in the dumbest way possible. Maybe they want you that controversy. Maybe they need people talking. If you give it to Mission Impossible, which I would love, uh, yeah. good luck with the Marvel fans. Yeah. Good luck with the DC fans who are going to be angry theirs didn't get nominated to begin with. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> Wonder Woman. I yeah, think Wonder, Wonder, Wonder I think Woman, Wonder Woman I think was the most ridiculous thing that they wanted to push for best picture. So that's but that's the thing we're we're forgetting that us as like film fans, which is a, such a pretentious thing to say, but I mean it more in the sense of we watch a lot more films that are out there because most for most of us it's our job to seek those out and bring them to the public, right? Especially right. with MoviePass dying, movies are expensive. <laughs> when people go see a movie, it's something that they've been waiting to see. The trailer hooked them, and it's something that personally it's going to impact them. That was the biggest right. thing with Get Out. I believe Get Out has some good writing to it, but I can definitely tell when some people weren't so much concerned about the writing, they were just going, this is my horror movie. Not the best. Mm-hmm. It was theirs. Wonder Woman yeah. was some people's blockbuster. Black Panther is some people's blockbuster. So when you talk right. about popular, we're not even talking about objectively the craft. We're talking about like, what do you guys like the most? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and also like, who are you guys mostly like? Because... If we're talking about the Academy, which is still predominantly white men, even though they're doing this big push towards diversity, 
you know, white men tend to like movies about white men. People tend to like movies about themselves. So it, it limits, I guess, what the potential uh, for for what could be considered popular even is. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very interesting it's a very interesting thing <laughs> of how to be objective with it because I don't necessarily think it's it's bad. What? But oh, I couldn't no, hear you. Th- th- no, like I, I just said that, but I didn't say anything. Um, oh, okay. I was, bro. I thought I was, I was like, going wild. I said, "Did you hear this, man?" <laughs> yeah, um, that is. It. Go ahead, expand uh, upon. That's it. the thing. What in? It, I feel like film is subjective, and there's like a certain right. point where it's like the you know best picture can be a more objective thing than subjective. But most popular film is completely subjective. Mm-hmm. That's just completely subjective. Unless like, what you're going is popular out box office. for people? Is it box office? Is it how much people enjoyed it? Is it how much you know people are talking about it <laughs> in social score? media? Yeah, how many tweets it's, did it's it get? Weird. That's wild. That's weird. But yeah. I mean, the way that Zach and I always talk about it, you can see it right there. Boom. Brigsby Bear was my favorite movie of the year. I don't come out, and I think that's the biggest thing. I don't come out of Brigsby Bear going, I can't wait for this to win Oscars. I never said that. I come out of it going, I can't wait people to just see this. Yeah. Searching this year, I I don't care if it wins an Oscar. I didn't even care. I didn't even think it would win the Sundance Award. But I was I was just. It comes out in two weeks, by the way. I'm just excited for people to see the movie. Yeah. So when and we for for me, that's the big tragedy in this whole idea of best popular film. Because you know what the the award for being a popular film is money yeah people seeing your movie you know what it is for the oscars it's people actually hearing about you a lot of people don't know what call me by your name was until the oscars Mm -hmm. and i think you know that's one of the things that makes the oscars special it's this unique time of the year where we're not focused on like necessarily what what's already well known but we're we're awarding artistic craft and stuff true i think this the idea of reducing it to popularity is a little bit of a bastardization of what we expect from the Oscars. Uh, do you, you, either of you guys have any final points before we move on? That's it. Just watch what you uh, love. Don't worry if it gets an award. Award it in your heart. I think if uh, Infinity War gets uh, wins most popular film, I think that'd be the movie that gets the least amount of hate because not only does it, ha- is it, does it make sense that it's the most popular film, but it also has Black Panther in it. So it kind of like alleviates a bit of the the hate, I think. Yeah. Not to mention it is such a milestone it in is. the Marvel Cinematic. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, so in in conclusion, I, I would say that you know we're all a little bit frustrated with this announcement, but I think one of the things to keep in mind is they probably put this announcement out to test the waters a little bit, <laughs> and hopefully they'll listen to our feedback and and not just make this some award that no one will really enjoy. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a shame, though, that it's happening now, because if you look at the way that the Academy has headed, there's this push for diversity. There's this push to make the member member base a different group of people. And with it, we've been seeing a change in the types of movies that get nominated. I I think it's weird that we're including this category the year after we got such a satisfying crop of nominees with Lady Bird, with Get Out. You know, I, I, I think the Oscars could eventually get to a place just based on their membership, where maybe it felt like the movies they nominated were a little bit more representative of what people like without having to add this half Oscar award that doesn't really feel right. Mm-hmm. But that's all for now. Let us know what you think about this potential change to the Academy Awards in the comments down below. We Comment gotta get below, to our let fine, final segment of the week, the new to see. 
where we talk about what's new in theaters to streaming and on VOD, starting with August 17th. There's a whole bunch coming out in theaters, starting with Mile 22, directed by Peter Bro. Berg. It's his third or fourth collaboration Bro. with Mark Wahlberg. Let's go! You got it Lauren so Cohan good. in this, Maggie from The Walking Dead, Ronda Rousey, John Malkovich. I think you said Ruby Rose is in this? No. That's um, The Meg. Yeah. I'm getting myself mixed up. <laughs> Bro, uh, Then we also got Crazy Rich Asians. Uh -huh. This is a very hyped comedy from director John M. Chu with Constance Wu, Michelle Yao, Henry Golding, Aquafina. Uh, basically every comedic Asian actor yep. you can think of is in this movie in some capacity. Mm-hmm. It's decent. I saw it. It's, it's, oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's... it's uh, Man, I, my man went from doing Gem in the Holograms, Justin Bieber Never Say Never, to a 100% Ron Tomato movie. It's a glow up for your boy John Chu. Man, I must miss that. <laughs> it's cute. It's a cute movie. It is a cute movie. But it's yeah. a very cliched um, rom-com. But obviously the big, heard... the big thing of it being the predominantly Asian cast. Right. Yeah. I heard from, from one guy that he uh, he 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 disliked it so much that he walked out in like the first twenty minutes. God damn! Then why'd you go? That guy, uh, high top films. Yeah. Oh, did he yeah. walk out in twenty minutes? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah. I, I know but he didn't I mean, like it, but I don't know if I don't know if you could fairly judge a movie by just twenty minutes of it either. High that, top, that go back being... and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> the ending's cute. Like it's it's obviously it doesn't necessarily get better, but it's like. If right. you go into a movie like Crazy Rich Asians, you know what you're expecting. You like watching yeah. those cheesy rom-coms. And plus there's rom just a novelty to that, to that, too, the same way that we talked about there's that novelty to Black, Black Panther. Panther. Like, exactly. Sometimes you just these movies should be getting made in some capacity. Right. That doesn't I mean, necessarily you, mean you have to like them. Yeah, if you watch like Black Panther and leave right when the second act ends, then you think it's like the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> but then you watch that third act, and it's like, oh. It's, it's Man, not, you really it's don't like the, the third act, do you? I really don't like the third act. I hate the like train the third scene. Act? I hate the train scene. The train scene is trash. The CGI. It is, yeah, it is, it is really bad, right? It's, Jordan line, though. As, as <laughs> like, someone who's studying, like, animation, it is so terrible how they choreograph the fight and the camera work. It's just so bad. Like, it looks a lot like, of people have a lot of issues with the CG. Exactly. Yeah, like, and I love the, the cinematographer. And I think, I have a feeling that the cinematographer didn't, work with that animated segment i feel like he didn't touch that part so because cool. it's just so off it's so different yeah. especially when uh when ryan coogler's uh describing like the action sequence in like the, the one of the first action sequences yeah. there is and it's like you know this long shot winding through mm -hmm. all this area and it's like okay so they planned it out but then this final sequence it looks like really messy it looks like a maya camera maya is like the program used to yeah, animate. yeah, yeah the anime yeah. It, it's I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know. Best I, popular, I best like popular picture. <laughs> uh, also out in theaters this weekend, Alpha, uh, about a boy and his <laughs> wolf dog. Uh, I didn't realize this is that's Cody Smith McPhee in the trailers. Playing the dog. Uh, I've not heard about this movie. Yeah, this Cody Smith, not as the dog. <laughs> Cody Smith McPhee, uh, but yeah, they've been advertising it a lot on TV. Uh, Juliet Naked, this mm. is based on a Nick Hornby novel yeah. that my friend Ashima loves. Rose Byrne, Ethan Hawke, and Chris O'Dowd are in this one. It looks kind of cute. It looks cute. Uh, then some limited release movies, The Wife with Glenn Close as an Oscar hopeful. We, The Animals, Art, I know you saw this one. Boy, Director let's go! Jeremiah Zager and Raul Castillo in this yes, one. Yes, your boy. You saw that one back at Sundance. Back at Sundance. I highly recommend it. This is one of those ones where you just go in there and it's just pure emotion. 
It is just pure artistic emotion. That's all it is. Fans of Moonlight, fans of the Florida Project, I think better than Florida Project. Uh, I've only seen it once. I've seen Moonlight three times, so I can't compare it. But this, this is your movie. This is your movie. Give me a quick second. I gotta <laughs> change my camera battery. That's cool. I'm good to go. Uh, then also in limited release this weekend, Little Mermaid and The Billionaire Boys Club. That Bro. is the Kevin Spacey movie that they did not replace him with Christopher Plummer in. Uh -huh. That movie just got knocked out. Like Yeah. Uh, you were the one who po pointed out that it's like the exact same poster as Wolf of Wall Street, right? The exact same poster. And I only saw that because I saw on Flickster. And first of all, the movie's been push, push, push. Now it just, mm -hmm. and we're not even talking VOD. We talk, That went straight to direct TV, straight to who, like, bro, they just, they said yeah. be gone. Yeah. <laughs> Canceled Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Immediately. That one makes new, sense. New to streaming on Netflix August 17th. Magic for Humans, a new series from magician Justin Williams, and Disenchantment. This is a new animated series from Simpsons and Futurama creator Matt Groening with Abby Jacobson, oh. Jacobson of Broad City starring as an hey. alcoholic princess. This could be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited like for her. it. I'm a Matt Groening fan. I'm an Abby Jacobson fan. So definitely. Gonna I see the Homer behind you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, HBO Now on August 18th, Darkest Hour, the Oscar-nominated film featuring it. Best Actor winner Gary Oldman. I think it's the last, uh, the worst movie that was nominated for Best Picture last year. It's the prequel to Dunkirk. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's actually the one Best Picture I did not see last year. Wait, wait, oh, you didn't see D Darkest that's Hour? That's the only one I did not see, yeah. Okay, yeah. I love Dunkirk. Um, Amazon on August 17th, Gringo. Trash! Oh, you've seen that one? <laughs> Straight trash. No, that's a no. I've not seen it. You guys watch so many movies, it's insane. Which one is which one is that? Uh, Nash Edgerton directed this one. I think Joel Edgerton's the star. Oh no, no, no. David Oyelowo was the star yeah. of this one. Joel Edgerton yeah. is in the movie and his brother is the director of the movie. Somehow they were able to get all of these actors off of some contract or whatever else I was reading up into it. It's Damn. not as bad as Movie 43-ish, if you've heard of the Movie 43-ish conspiracy. Yeah. yeah, it's not as bad as that, but yeah, this movie's a little bit of dookie. It ain't that good. And then finally on Hulu, Jeopardy is now available on Hulu, so that's a change in my life. I'm going to be watching a bunch of Jeopardy. Uh, August 15th, America's Sweethearts oh. and the Ben Stoner movie Duplex pop up on Hulu. And then on August 16th, Sean William Scott and Paul Rudd and uh, Christopher Mintz Plus all in role models. One of my favorite oh. comedies from last decade uh, is going to show up on Hulu. New to VOD on August 14th. Snapshots, The Escape, The House of Tomorrow, Shock and Awe, Bad Samaritan, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, mm. and Avengers Infinity War. So if you missed Bro. out on the big <laughs> moment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you'll be able to catch up from the comfort I'm of your get own the home. It's time for pick of the week, though. Art, could you start us off with your pick for the week? My pick of the week, if you're going out in theaters, this week would be Black Panther, or Black Panther, Black Klansman. <laughs> uh, Black Klansman is a very interesting movie, I think. Uh, while it has its spike-isms, I think if you've never seen a Spike Lee movie, if you're, if you're new to it, 
He's got a whole catalog of it. Some of it are big misses. But the one thing I always give Spike Lee is that he stays true to his crazy cinematic self. Uh, and you see it in this movie as well. Sometimes he'll prolong some speeches and you'll never see that character ever again. Sometimes he'll yeah. bring his conveyor belt. Uh, the, the little dolly yeah, shot. That, that's that his, tradi that's traditional his... dolly shot that shows up once in each exactly. of his movies. Exactly. That's his iconic shot. Um, he also does this thing which... I forgot that he do does this. He likes to show big moments happening multiple times. Like, the, well, the best way I could describe it is if you see a high five and he shows you it from three different angles. He did do you know? that a bit, yeah. I was noticing yeah. that he would cut to different angles. Like, they would hang up the phone, and it would hang up the phone from three different angles. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but it didn't bother me as much it's in this It's jarring, movie. but yeah. it's a style. It's And I, I do respect the fact that Spike makes these big mm -hmm. stylistic decisions. It It's... It, different from a lot of what you get from mainstream filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to recommend The Sinner again only because it's coming out, <laughs> season two is out. I would recommend, this just shows that some people need to catch up on. Mrs. Maisel, which I believe I had recommended last week, uh, and The Sinner, just TV shows for those of you at home. So, my picks of the week. Mauricio, what about you? Any picks for the week? So, again, like I said, um, I have to just watch the big blockbusters to get like those ratings on the channel. Mm -hmm. So uh, of course, you know, you can watch the Meg if you want to. But of course, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout yet, thank you. Gotta watch Mission Impossible yep. Fallout. Easily the best blockbuster I've seen since uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Agreed. And uh, I guess for me, since I've been watching anime so so much recently, if you haven't seen Your Name. Do watch that. Ooh. I think on on Netflix, they th the same studio that made your name, not the director, yeah, yeah, but the yeah. studio, they put out a new movie called Flavors of Youth. Everyone keeps have recommending me it. this. Yes, I have not seen it. Maybe you should check it out uh -huh. if you're really into into that stuff. Oh, it looks good. good. So I want to check it. That's a good recommendation. Nice. Uh, as for me, I mentioned that Role Models is going to be available on Hulu. If you want to stay in and laugh, that is a good time if you haven't seen that one. As for what's in theaters, I uh, mentioned it briefly at the top of the show that I saw Three Identical Strangers, and it is a fascinating documentary. Good. I don't want to... I heard you it's know, good. It, everybody says don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, don't don't Google it. Just see it. You're, you're going into it expecting it to be a kind of very fun, cute story, and it takes a bit of a darker turn that might leave you a bit upset by the end, but it's absolutely worth watching. I think everybody should go check that one out. Uh, but my main pick for the week is one that I think we've discussed on the show before. Madeline's Madeline is mm. finally out. It's out in limited release. This is a new film from Josephine Decker. I think Art saw it back at Sundance. Uh, it's a movie that sort of depicts uh, a woman's struggle with mental illness from her perspective so that you wow. get a very limited sense of what she's feeling and you're you're kind of jarred the way that she's jarred your uh, things are out of focus scenes bleed into one another moments get cut off where you can't really finish the line of dialogue and it get, has this really interesting disorientating feeling to it that puts you in the character's head yep. uh, in a very interesting way I think it's one of the most interestingly constructed visually uh, films American films that I've seen in quite some time. So if you're just looking for like a very experimental piece of work, absolutely look out for Madeline. Madeline, it's not going to be mm -hmm. uh, the, it's not going to be for everybody. It's not, not for <laughs> people who are interested in the best popular film category. Yeah. Probably, but uh, it, it's a really interesting Bro, piece of work. The best metaphor I can give for that one is that if you're new to beer, you've never had a beer in your life. Do not stop with a double filter, double hoppy IPA. Cause that's what this one would be right here. This is like for people right. who have seen, 
too many blockbusters or all the indies and they need something new for their palate. They just want to try something yeah. spicy. Ooh, this is the spiciest of the spices. Definitely a palate <laughs> cleanser. Yeah. I'll, I'll go, nice. go ahead and say that. So uh, that's all for this week's show. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter at ZShevich or on Instagram also at ZShevich. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplexshowart. Where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z show over on Facebook, over on Twitter and Instagram, which I'm going to be doing a lot of because while I am making videos over on YouTube as well, I will be on the road. I'm going to be going all throughout the East Coast, going down to Orlando. 2018. Yeah, so I'm going to be going up there uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. I've been getting a lot of recommendations. I'll be posting stuff on Instagram of the places that I visit and uh, just tweeting about some stuff. Um, And it's going to be leading up all the way. I'm going to be in the New York area. We're going to probably record a podcast, uh, Intercut finally in the same room type of thing uh and then heading up to toronto because i'll be there in toronto so uh i'm blanking on the dates now but if you go check out my instagram or my twitter uh i have dates for orlando and toronto because people were like oh let's hang out let's watch a movie so there's uh i want to say it's the saturday when i'm in orlando and the monday after toronto international film festival ends i'm just gonna be like getting together with some people and some uh, meetups. Yeah, just just like chilling and doing stuff yeah. like that. We so. should see if we can organize one in New York City. There's Dude, plenty of places that, to yo, I've had, I've had a couple people who said, yo, come to, come to New York. And I was like, how are we going to find each other? There's so many people in New York. <laughs> but, you got a yeah. park. Got There's too many park. people in New York. There's it's... way too many people in New York. But that's where you can find me. You'll find me on the road all throughout September. But you can also find your boy Brown Table over at <laughs> YouTube. Brown Table is just the channel. It's together, not Brown Table. It's mm-hmm. Brown Table together. Also find me on Twitter, Brown Table underscore ENT, and Instagram, Brown Table underscore ENT. I have a Facebook. I barely use it. Sometimes people <laughs> message me. It's kind of very weird. random. Yeah. Sometimes I check it like every month, and it's like, oh, oh, it's weird. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, you can check me out there and all those multiple places. Working on a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm not a furry, so yeah. <laughs> You can catch every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. I like Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment for you every week. Find new episodes of Intercut on Tuesdays, and also like our Facebook, like our Instagram, like our Twitter, all those social medias are at IntercutPod. Get updates from all of us throughout the week, especially Twitter, um, retweeting me, retweeting Art, retweeting, I'll be retweeting Roundtable now, I got, I got all our guests on, so if you want a feed of what we're thinking about movies, keep you up to date, uh, that's a really great place to do it, follow us on Twitter. But that's all for this week's show. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, mahalo means family. <laughs> Shout out to... Wait, mahalo form- means family? Ohana. Your former favorite... Oh, it's Ohana. It's mahalo? Yeah. Oh, shit. Ohana. No. <laughs> you I got to do it over. It's okay. It's okay. Just end it's it right okay. there. End it right there. <laughs> right? Just end it like that. Because then you're going to get a bunch of comments of people going like, it's all... You fake fan. Yeah. <laughs>